It's an epically long episode today as we are talking summer movies, but we're still about two hours shy of Avengers Endgame. Welcome to Panelism, the podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I am Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. And today we're not talking about those things. We're talking about movies. <laughs> the movie's worth going mo- to a theater and... <laughs> That's now right. We, we say that. That's right. If uh, this is our summer movie preview episode, we do this every once in a great while. And um, with the summer coming... Uh, with chock full of, of comics and uh, sci-fi and geeky movies. I, I I asked Todd if it was a good time to, to go through the list and, and uh, tee it off a little bit. And especially because summer movie starts this week. Um, you know, we April is now part of the summer movie schedule. Well, and honestly, like when you said summer movies, I was like, man, I can't even look past April because yeah. of yeah. what's on the slate and then having Game of Thrones, the majority of which like take place or I guess not the majority. It starts halfway through April, mm-hmm. you know, and then, um, yeah, that's that's all I can look at. <laughs> well, you bring up a good point because we have we have come to a place in 2019 where we can't. I mean, the movies the movies we're going to talk about are there's a lot of them, and some of them are really interesting, and some of them are, are not going to be interesting. But we also have to, you know, if, if we were doing a true full list, we would have Game of Thrones, we'd have Stranger Things, we'd have all the shows coming up this year, this summer specifically that are going to be amazing and probably bigger or better than a lot of these movies. Well, and Game um, of Thrones is going to be six movies more or less. That's a great I mean, point. Yeah. They all ha- they're all having that extended running time. It's going to be nuts. That's uh, and that's starting just very soon. That's just blowing me away honestly like cuz I was with some friends last night and we were talking about it and one of them pointed out like oh isn't the first episode almost 2 hours and and I thought yeah, I all our friends are like everyone we know in the world is going to get together once a week and all watch a movie together <laughs> for six weeks. It's not like a TV show anymore. You know, no. it's, oh, it God, is, no. yeah, it's its own thing. And it's going to be a big, I mean, man, we want, for those of you listening, Todd and I host another show called Wednesday in Westeros that great, we will be great talk- transition. I know we'll be talking <laughs> more about that on our next episode. We're going to be doing a crossover app to, to get all you panelism listeners uh, integrated into that show or aware of that show, at least So more game of Thrones to come. Let's keep this focused on just movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just for now. You know, I, I, for those of you who don't know, I used to be, a huge summer movie fan like you know and when i say let's kind of define what i mean by summer movies i mean event tentpole movies that are big budget usually usually um there have been some interesting exceptions to that over the years and you know they're the they're sort of the ones that you go to the theater for pure escapism i'm not looking for in the in, in the case of summer movies i'm not looking for you know heady thinking man's pieces Usually, although, you know, things like Inception or Ex Machina pop up once in a while that really take me by surprise. And those are really fun. But for the most part, like I want the spectacle, you know, and I want a really well done, you know, piece that I can go, oh, my God, that was so much fun. You come out of the theater all, all energized, all ready to go. Um, at one point, you know, the midnight showing used to be a thing. They don't really do that anymore. Um, 
with Marvel movies, that used to be my tradition was to do the min- midnight showing, you know, the first Iron Man, the first Avengers. I'm sure some markets still do it, but most of the theaters in Colorado don't. They do like the 7 p.m. the night before showing or the 10 p.m. You know, it's we've kind of lost a little of that, a little of that magic. So yeah. maybe this maybe this is a transitory year. One thing I do want to mention though, before we jump into the list, I I am a little worried as we go through these picks that <laughs> summer movies have become just pure like the, the the amount of franchises and sequels and sort of just rehashes of stuff has almost gotten to be too much. Um, there's going to be some really interesting choices in here, but I was looking back historically at what some, you know, at, at other legendary summer movie slates. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this year, Todd, we might have in a previous episode, but I came to uh, the summer of 1982, which is often lauded as one of the best of the summer movie slates. But let me just walk you through what came out that summer. And remember, this is just the summer of 1982. And I want to use this as kind of like a reference point as we go, because like, I, I just want to keep coming back to how, you know, what kinds of movies used to come out and you know, to, compared to where we are now. Here's the list. An Officer and a Gentleman, Annie, Blade Runner, Conan the Barbarian, E.T., Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Poltergeist, Rocky III. So here's our first sequel. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, arguably the best Star Trek. So another sequel. The Road well, Warrior. Only Star Trek, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, it's for a lot of people. The Road Warrior, The Secret of Nim, The Thing, and Tron. So... Of that list, only two movies are actual sequels or franchise films, which in the early 80s, that wasn't, you know, we didn't think about franchises in the same way. That was still a very new concept. Um, but only two sequels. And the rest of these are, most of these are legendary, like first entries into what, you know, what people are now trying to recreate and reboot and rehash. But like, good Lord, E.T., Poltergeist, and Tron alone, and The World Warrior, like the first Mad Max movie. Like, just think about that, right? And like just the originality and the these this sort of emphasis on new and interesting uh, properties and new and interesting scripts and voices. And just keep that in your mind as we go through this list because what we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of things that you're like, oh my Christ, it's the ninth or tenth installment in this, you know, in this series, or it's it's yet one more in this series. Not necessarily a bad thing. I'd love to hear what you have to think, Todd, as we go through yeah, this. And- I don't uh, I don't um Boy, I'm trying to think of a good a good way to phrase that. I I uh, I resist the urge um, in sort of I try to resist the urge in everything to think, oh, it used to be so much better than before. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I I do think the the world of movies has changed. um, And we've talked about this on the podcast before. I've and I don't think you don't share my you don't share this opinion with with other people, but I have a lot of friends who who they sort of grimace like ah, I don't go to movies anymore. Um, and to me, the experience is actually the you know I, I mean it's still the magical experience to me of being mm-hmm. in the theater, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I, I I don't know, you know, I don't I don't I don't feel any. Uh, nostalgia in that way or, or disappointment or something. So, so, so this is good because I'm going to play the role of sort of the indie curmudgeon, you know, like <laughs> in a lot of this, and you're going to be sort of the hopeful optimist, which is great. So we'll be able to color 
our choices in our commentary a little bit through those lenses, which is, you know, I think that honestly represents most of the demographic, either listening to the show or going to these movies. It's like, Oh, 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 I, I, there are two opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. There's definitely um, because to me, like you, you sort of talked about how the magic of the midnight showing is gone. And I think, um, you know, one of the other sort of magic things that's kind of, gone if you want to phrase it that way is like i also don't go to record stores at midnight to get a release Mm. um nor do i wait in line to buy tickets to a show like that used to be the thing is like if i were going to see a big band you know i like i remember and it was so weird in nashville where the Ticketmaster outlets, uh, majority of them were located in like Dillard's department stores. Oh, that's right. So yeah, there would be this like I'm going to see the Cure, and there's <laughs> all these people in like black Cure shirts at <laughs> six in the morning, at lined Dillard's. up outside of Dillard's. Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, uh. And but to me, like I, I don't know. I think those things have been substituted by uh, the. There's a different excitement, like. Um, some other friends this weekend were talking about how we're going to have to plan out like how we're seeing the Avengers mm. because the tickets are going on sale maybe tomorrow even oh, okay. or something. And sorry, as we're recording this, um, yeah. not as we're releasing. And uh, and it was something like, you know, this friend was saying like, yeah, they're going to, you know, it's if we if you want a block of more than two, like we're going to, it's going to have to be all planned out because mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of an exciting thing. You know, I don't know that we man, I don't, I don't miss the days of like getting, you know, barely getting to a movie on time and finding no seats together. I would much rather yeah. <laughs> buy my seat, my seats in advance. Anyway. Well, that's, uh, I mean, we do live in a world now where most movie seats are reserved, right? Yeah. So that's a good, I mean, there's been a lot of positive change too. I think pro- probably what I am missing more than anything is uh, truly being surprised yeah. and that communal experience, which as we mentioned before, it's, it's kind of shifted more to TV or, yeah. you know, in the case of Endgame is obviously still there, but that's kind of the end of another era. We'll yeah. get more into Endgame in a second. What we're going to do is we're going to go through April, May, June, July, and August and kind of highlight the, the films that are probably most uh, have most notoriety or of most, you know, kind of fit into this, you know, the, the summer movie bucket. Um, we're not going to talk so much about the, the really indie stuff. Although there's one pick on here that I really want to, lean in on a little bit that I don't know if a lot of people are aware of Um, that might be this year's ex machina. Maybe just maybe Hmm. Um, remind me was ex machina. We talked about that on a previous episode. Was that a summer movie or was that a March release when you saw it? Uh, You know, I want to say it was um, it's spring and I just Googled it. It it was April, April. Okay. So that counts. Cause I remember you saying, we talked about it kind of in like right at the beginning of uh, us recording this podcast. I think that's right. 2015. Yeah. Cause it was like, wasn't that a, was that Avengers Ultron came out in 2015 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I I had one more other thing to add just cause I, I I think it's neat that we, (laughs) I can't believe I just used the word neat. (laughs) I, I love that when, when you and I talk about it, an individual movie, um, we specifically talk about the whole experience of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we saw it in 2D or 3D or IMAX or, you know, like if it was Alamo Drafthouse and you like had a beer or what, like that's always like cool to 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 feel that whole experience. And as you're saying that about like, you know, kind of losing some of the magic of the, of the event days or like the big special communal experience, there's this really, like I have this really neat and pretty, uh, uh, sorry, um, I, I it is a ne- unique experience. I, I, I grant you that. 
not everyone can do this. But one of the things that keeps that sort of magic and specialness alive to me is that I actually have a first run movie theater within walking distance of my house. Oh, wow. And so I love it when new releases come out like on Thursday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can even catch a matinee of something that's like technically not even out till the next day. Damn. And walking over there and, you know, like, and, and, and it, it's not exactly communal in the sense of like, I'm never going with friends when that happens. It's just me walking over there alone, but it's that, I think that physical, you know, being in the community and like walking over to the theater and, you know, that, that to me means a lot. So it's a really neat special nice. experience. I, yeah. you know, that does change the equation. If I had a theater very near me or within walking distance, I think that would, I'd feel very differently yeah. about all this. So that is a good point. Whereas if I walked over there at midnight, because that's when it released and yeah. there were just like crowds of people and stuff, I, that would not be as fun to me as an, in, like if I were alone doing that, you know, mm-hmm. I would definitely want to do that with friends. Yeah. Um, but I, and I have done that with friends. Like I have said like, Hey, just park at my house. We'll just walk over to the theater. You know, I, um, but see, we used to live in, in, in Nashville and uh, cool Springs, which is just a little South of Nashville has this gigantic ass theater called the thoroughbred, like 20, yeah. I think, or something like, but it's the thoroughbred. And I don't know if it's still the case, but when I was living there, that was my theater Ooh, of choice because you really? get there. What? Okay. Really? Yeah. No, here's why you'd get there. And for all these event movies, they wouldn't, you know, you don't even pick the time you want to go. You just show up and there's just these giant lines and like every 10 minutes, they're just rolling through another, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, another group. And you kind of feel like, oh my God, I just, you feel like you're part of this whole ecosystem now. And you just, I mean, with yeah. either as an individual or with people, you just kind of get funneled in. So I saw the matrix uh to the well the two terrible sequels but the matrix sequels that way the third uh uh, uh what's that third uh, star wars prequel that way i saw a bunch <laughs> of stuff that way like that one was lord what? of the sith or something yeah revenge of the sith there we go <laughs> I've, um, I've sort of blocked all the george lucas stuff out. i saw the second x-men that way which is my favorite possibly my favorite superhero movie of all time even to this day that you was even doing green hills x-men uh, Green Hills was around during X Men Two. I didn't. Oh like... no! I saw X Men Three at Green Hills. Nah, yeah. So maybe I... it wasn't up there. And by the way, a plug for an amazing movie experience in Nashville, Tennessee, is the Bell Court. Yeah. That renovation of it is unreal. Like, have you crazy? been there in the last few years? Yes. Oh yeah. It's oh my crazy. god! It's, it's ridiculous. Amazing. Um, that is a true gem in that city now. Thoroughbred has not been revamped. Uh, at least the last time I was there was maybe a year and a half or so ago. Um, not, not super great. Yeah. So it's, well, um, wow. I could talk about movie theaters forever. We'll do that in another, we'll do a movie theater review. Remember Lion's Head or what was the, (laughs) there was one on the way out of town that had all the, uh, the neon lights around it. Um, Oh yeah. 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 And then there's, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Let's just jump into it. Let's jump in. So we're going to start with April. And this very week, uh, in fact, if this comes out on Wednesday, then tomorrow, Shazam, the Zachary Levi vehicle comes out. And, you know, this is probably, of all the superhero stuff coming out this this summer, this is probably the one I'm most interested in. Because it's got Zachary Levi, even though he's in that that dorky suit, um, I don't care. Like, this looks like another just home run from D.C., where they're just like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. another? 
Wonder Woman. You mean DC? Okay, okay. Wonder Woman. That. I mean okay. Aquaman. You can. T- you hear, I mean that jury's still out, but Wonder Woman in my mind is definitely like, oh, that's. Yeah, yeah. So this is like another firm, like totally I, looks amazing. I know. I feel like if you hit a home run and then you strike out like three times in a row, <laughs> well, it's just a home run. All right, all right, a home run from DC, and and I, I mean, I'm saying that exclusively on the fact that it's. Uh, Zachary Levi looking like he's having the time of his life and yeah. freaking Mark Strong. I mean, Mark Strong in anything instantly has my ticket, but he's uh, he plays Savannah in this and it just looks like he's having a lot of fun too. And I just, I, I have a feeling this is going to be not a sleeper hit maybe so much as just a, like we're going to look back on this, on this season and go, man, what a great start to all of this. What a fun, just amazing yeah, just feel good movie to to kick all this I, off. With. I, honestly, I think this is the one where uh, when it comes out, this is worth me walking over. Like whenever the earliest showing is on Thursday, just yeah. like in the sunshine, walking over there and seeing this. And for the longest time, I kept uh, after that first trailer. You were the one who told me to check out whenever the first trailer came out because I was like, who? Why are they even doing a Shazam? I was afraid they were going to make it all serious, oh. like try to do a you know a, a dark timeline thing. Um, <laughs> Can you and be like. Oh God, no! And uh, it, but Zach when Snyder I after I saw that first, vision. yeah, <laughs> the Snyder verse Shazam, um, uh, I thought uh, it was going to be sort of like an Ant Man, but I actually think, mm. and I don't know if this is a huge tonal switch, but I think it might be like like their Spider Man. Oh, like I yeah. kind of feel like this is their hero that gets to be you know a, a, like a klutz or funny or you know like like a kid. Yeah. It's a kid, you know, because it yeah. is a kid who's transforming into this Superman. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And they're really leaning into the big, you know, the, the Tom Hanks big movie comparisons, which, you know, oh, why, why not? I hadn't thought that. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah. They're cool. really there. It's it's going to be. I mean, he even has like the friend and everything. And it's part of I mean, it's all part yeah. of canon, but they're making it work. I'm excited. Uh, that's on April 5th. On April 12th, a week later, we get the new rebooted Hellboy. Yeah. And this is another one I was super skeptical about. Same. Uh, from the get-go, I was like, really? Do we need another one of this? But everything I see that comes out about it makes me all the more interested in it. Yeah. I was, you know, I props to Guillermo del Toro for, for making a really good-looking uh, first two Hellboys. But you look at the Ron Perlman costume compared to mm-hmm. the David Harbour costume, and it looks like – it looks all plasticky and fake. Like, they really nailed the production design um, this time around. It just everything oh, I've seen okay. in the trailer – yeah, everything this just Google that. Google like Ron Perlman Hellboy versus David Harbour Hellboy, and you'll get to see a several side by side comparisons. Mm. And I, you know, and I was never a big Hellboy comic fan. I recently, um, through my local book club at Escape Velocity Comics you're here in Colorado Springs, just by mentioning us, this, you're cursing us. Well, that's true. I've, <laughs> well, there's a side story there. We'll get to another time. But um, I, I've actually gotten more into the Hellboy comics, so I'm, I'm I'm a little bit more familiar with the source material than I was previously. But um, David Harbour, perfect. I mean, Jesus, yeah. perfect choice. This, I feel th- uh, probably identically. Like, I just thought when I saw it, I was like, who is asking for this? You know, yeah, and, yeah. and why now? And and uh, why uh, Mr. Dad Bod from Stranger <laughs> Things? I just didn't, I, not that I, I mean, I love him, but, you know, I've only ever seen him in Stranger Things. And I didn't, I just didn't really understand, like, how is this in the zeitgeist right now? Because I, my impression of the other Hellboy movies, correct me, with your impression was that they weren't widely well received, but I enjoyed them yeah. and I feel like they've sort of 
they've got legs because yeah. I think Guillermo del Toro ended up developing like a bigger and bigger following. And so I think people are tuning into him now because they know his work and I don't know. I just, you know, but at the time they felt like, Oh, I, I can't even believe they're making a second one of these. I oh, didn't yeah. know. So. And that, they look great. I mean, but like in yeah. hindsight, they look a little dated. I'm going to be honest. Like I, I watched, yeah. I watched the first one recently and I was like, yeah. Hey, I, I love, I mean, Gimel del Toro is a visual genius, oh, yeah. but compared to what I'm seeing in the trailers for this new one, I'm like, I'm glad this new one exists so that we have almost kind of like a fresh start. And, and honestly, just like Mark Strong is a stamp of, of credibility on anything uh, via Shazam, Ian McShane, uh, as uh, I forget yeah. to carry the character's point, but Ian McShane is in this one. And I just, that alone, I, I would have like, well, I'm going to buy a ticket just to see what he, how much fun he has. I, um, I also appreciate that it it doesn't look like a continuation of the story they told before or yeah. like a full reboot. Yeah. It does feel like a, a fresh thing, which is a really hard thing to pull off, especially in the, in that, just in that color scheme, you know, mm-hmm. like they've got to stick to that palette of colors. Yeah. Um, and it, you could so easily just become like another dark, you know, yeah. superhero movie and it and it doesn't have the the same like life that the others did but I, at least from what i saw in the preview i i really enjoyed i so. kind of wonder i kind of wonder if that wasn't the result of deadpool coming out beforehand where they're mm. like oh we can have this sort of you know just bonkers violent sort of crazy movie and have it be fun and funny too like you, yeah Deadpool, and then, you know, I hate to keep saying Kingsman, but to some extent Kingsman, but mainly Deadpool really sort of set the template or the the formula for like, if you want to do movies like this, it's possible, but you got to be really, really careful with the balance. And it just, I mean, yeah. the trailer, both the trailers I've seen just look amazing. Yeah. Um, P.S. David Harbour actually bulked up for that role. So give that dude credit. That is nice. not a bodysuit. He's, that is all him. Wow. So I'm guessing that Hopper in the next season of Stranger Things is going to be Oddly, <laughs> oddly in shape, but they're going to have to explain that away somehow. It can't turn his neck. Um, yeah, I know. I am so glad you brought up Deadpool because that. I mean, it, granted, it gets a lot of credit, but that definitely Marvel had a good like run of establishing what superhero movies needed to be like, and Deadpool flipped that on its head. Yeah, you know, and I, I and I think that we never yeah, knew. and I think because of that, we got things like Logan and mm-hmm. you know uh, the dark. Snyderverse. <laughs> anyway, Works we should. I mean, it's good. That's all that's coming out in April that anyone wants to see. Anyway, that's right. We no can just jump into May, right? Anything else? No. Uh, well, normally this would be May, but this year because of its of its importance and the whole scheme of things, Avengers Endgame is on April twenty sixth, which is the first time Marvel's ever dipped. I think last year did Infinity War come out in April or did they? You know, I don't know because Black Panther was uh, February, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's a good question, though. Let me look. Infinity War release date was – oh, it was April 27th because they oh, had okay. it as a May date and then they moved it up. You're right, um, right. As a part of a whole like PR blitz thing. But So this is just always April 26th. I mean it's Endgame. <sighs> so much has been said about it. Um, it is – I mean probably the biggest, the biggest thing is this is the end – uh, if you think of all the Marvel movies up till now as episodes of a long running yeah. TV show, which I do, this is sort of the, this is the not series finale, but for the most part, like, you know, it, it is the season finale, you know, like it, all of this, everything up till now is like of one continuation. And I think everything after this is going to be completely new. 
as far as the bigger arcs, you know, who knows yeah. who's going to live or die after this. I mean, obviously we know Spider-Man is going to live. But- I, I sure hope so. I mean, we've, we've touched on this in the last, you know, we touched on this in the Captain Marvel episode and and then last week in our, uh, our funny half episode, um, our sort of side episode that we accidentally had last week where it's, I, there's so much to keep up with that. I, I really hope this becomes kind of a clean break mm-hmm. in like, there's like, we're introduced to the new, uh, heroes of Marvel and yeah, there might be references, but hopefully as a fan, you can feel like, you know what? I didn't need to see the previous 20 movies. Yeah. I can just kind of pick up in this generation of black Panther and captain Marvel and, you know, maybe Dr. Strange to some extent. And that's, you know, I want the post infinity war stuff. I want it to feel like it did when the first, run of Marvel movies came out where you didn't yeah. know what you were expecting. You didn't know what you're, where everything felt fresh and like, Oh wow, this connects to this. That's wow. That's so new and interesting. Like remember seeing that first Thor movie. And then at the very, oh, no, was it Thor at the very end? What was the, Oh no, Iron Man two. Remember seeing Iron Man two. And at the very end in the, in the post credit scene, you saw the hammer, the, yeah. the Thor hammer like in there. And you're just like, Oh my God, I want that feeling back. And I feel like, you know, you can go back and listen to our Infinity War episode um, from last year. We, we get into it. But one of the big, I guess kind of one of my sort of, not complaints so much, is just like, oh, is that they don't even try anymore to like get the audience up to speed. They're like, you're either on board yep. or you're not, which yeah. in a lot of ways is, you know, gives them benefit. They can just get right into the story, not waste time. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, man, I feel like I'm so locked into a predetermined narrative yeah. that i want to go back to where man maybe spider-man won't meet this other guy and maybe it'll stay self-contained i don't know like who yeah knows? yeah let's i gotta we gotta put a pin in that because when we when we come later in the calendar and hit spider-man i yeah i, I think there's a good way to tie that together okay but, um yeah well we'll come back and we'll do a full i'm sure we'll do a full end game episode oh, that will recap yeah. the whole thing so we'll and get let's more try to make movies. it twice as long as the movie yeah let's do let's do <laughs> We'll just have a, we'll, we'll watch it and we'll just, we'll, you know, three hours later, we'll have all, everything that will need to be said will be said. Well, yeah. Let's jump into May and we'll kind of speed up a little bit because some of these uh, as we go are not going to be as important as those three. Um, so on May 10th, we have Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which I don't understand why this exists or who's interested in this, but after seeing all the, the people in Colorado Springs who play Pokemon go on a weekly basis, <laughs> I'm, clearly there's a market. Um, I don't know why Ryan Reynolds had to voice Pikachu, but you know, here we are. And, and I guess this exists. What about you? I, I, I mean, when I saw this on the list, I, 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 <laughs> I, I what the fuck? I mean, I just don't like, <laughs> I'm not seeing it. I mean, I I know I'm not the target audience anyway, but like, I don't, it, it, this is the, is the, or maybe I'll phrase that as a question. Is this the 21st century example of like when they made a Mario brothers movie? Oh, like no one needs it. No one (laughs) cares. Like it's, it's not a property that needed to be turned into a narrative. I don't understand. I don't even, I don't know. I have no association with Pokemon. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I mean, I'm like vaguely aware of like there's cards and there's a AR game now, but like, so I have no tie to this at all. So to me, it's just like, I, yeah. Why is Ryan Reynolds involved? Considering, considering how many think pieces have been written on why Danny DeVito wasn't cast as the voice actor for Pikachu. I'm guessing this is going to do fairly well. Oh God. There are so many articles about why wasn't Danny DeVito cast more about like, I'm like, why is this the, the, 
relevant topic of our time. Apparently, well, I, a lot of people had a, a, a say in that matter. I guess I can see that there's like a there's a sliver of the millennial audience that like grew up with Pokemon, and then when it was sort of reintroduced a couple of years ago with Go, it so now it has like a much younger. You know, it's it, yeah. it is kind of hitting that sweet spot of like nostalgia and just discovering it for the first time. I guess um, maybe, but I mean, again, what the fuck. I guess, although nostalgia discovering it for the first time, in my mind, perfectly des- describes the next movie on May seventeenth. Ah. I'm I'm serious. On May seventeenth, we get John Wick Chapter Three, uh, subtitled Parabellum. And now I am somebody who has been aware of the John Wick movies. I appreciate. I've seen bits and pieces on a plane here and there. Um, again, Ian McShane pops up in this, so I should have oh. seen it a long time ago. But I'm actually super duper interested in this because there's a lot of actors in it that I've that haven't been in it yet that I really really like. And so have you you have n- not seen either of the other two like in full? I'm going to be catching up on them before this one. Yeah, um, I haven't seen them either. When uh, we're talking about comic book movies, this is kind of like you know yeah. all the all the comic books and graphic novels that I really like, all the indie image picks. This almost feels like this should have been a graphic novel first, just based on sort of how. It, it was not no so the whole story is so long story short keanu reeves when he was doing the matrix his stunt guy um and he became good friends his stunt guy said hey i want to do this movie called john wick i can only sell it if you're if i get a start can you be in it as a favor to me and keanu reeves is like yeah i guess and keanu reeves at that point has, has been pretty public about saying i don't need to make it i don't need to do anything else i'm set for the rest of my life money wise so i'm good i don't need to really work I'll do this as a favor to this guy. And it ends up being probably the career defining role of Keanu Reeves, even considering the matrix and all that, like everybody knows him as John wick now. So with Hmm. each of these releases, they just get bigger and better and bigger and better. So it's really kind of fun to see this Keanu sans that we're going through right now. Um, You know, he's in that he's in toy story four. He's, they just announced bill and Ted three. Like this dude is now back in the public eye and like, and and he's just by all accounts, a really good guy. So it's really kind of cool to see him at this stage in his career, like kind of have this Renaissance and like, everybody's like, wow, Keanu Reeves. And, and it's kind of that, you know, how some actors, you know, there's the perfect role at the perfect age for that actor where it's just like everything hmm. aligns and i kind of feel like john wick is that for keanu reeves interesting man you're coming to this from like i mean that i appreciate all that that's that's a really interesting uh way to look at it because i uh i'm coming at it more from the uh, uh appreciating something that's like way over the top angle like um because i got into the fast and furious movies uh, specifically because the How Did This Get Made podcast kept covering every one of them oh, with Adam right. Scott, and they kept loving them more and more. And I was like, well, this is crazy. If they really like it, maybe I should check it out, you know, in an unironic sort of sense. Um, although I, the ironic line gets pretty blurred. But um, they uh, but they also love John Wick. I don't know they've ever done an episode on it. Mm-hmm. I believe Jason Manzukas is in number three. Like, I think... <laughs> You know, they, they sort of always joke about, please cast us in the sequel. And, mm-hmm. and I think he actually did get cast in the, in John Wick three. Um, to me, you know, Keanu Reeves, like career You're defining correct, role. He is, he's TikTok. Oh, nice. uh, I, I, you said his career defining, he's now thought of as John Wick. I would, I'm always going to think of him as that Todd boy from parenthood uh, <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. Oh my God. That's a deep cut. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean that obviously that movie impacted my life in, in significant ways. By the um, way, so let's real quick, 
cast check on this thing. Keanu Reeves, of course, Ian McShane, of course, Halle Berry's in it. Um, Lawrence Fishburne uh, gets to reunite uh, with Keanu Reeves in this. Angelica Houston is in it. Robin Lord Taylor's in it. Um, uh, uh, Lance Reddick is in it. If you know Lance Reddick from TV, just Google that guy. You'll know him as soon as you see his face. And then there's another actor. He's the Iranian guy from Wonder Woman. He's been in a bunch of... Saeed Tagmoe um, is in this. You'll Google him. You'll know him as soon as you see him. Um, he's actually Moroccan French, or French, so it's kind of hard to pin him down. But he was one of the, the guys in Wonder Woman. I know him most from House of Saddam, which was an excellent series on HBO oh, wow. once upon okay. a time. But this is like a killer cast. And just like the trailer yeah. again, I just watched this trailer going... God, I want to just I this is for me like the pure summer movie where it's just like Mad Max, uh, you know, the the newest Mad Max movie. Um the hell is that called? Uh Fury Road? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like that where it's and you know it's gonna be violent, it's gonna be bonkers, but it's gonna be so much fun. And just, yeah, you know, everybody I, I, I mean I get the impression that that everyone did write it off as like uh, like uh as a crank or a fast and furious or something, and then it turned out that it it struck the right tone. And yeah. it was a really well-made film. And I think that's why it, how it gained its legs. At least that's that's my impression from talking to people who love it. I'm hoping that when I finally sit down and watch this whole series, that it is what I hoped Crank would be. Because mm. that was similarly talked up by the How Did This Get Made podcast. And which I thought was not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm hoping John Wick it like hits that right you know, tone of everything. And it's, I mean, yeah. certainly looks like it was, I would like to, maybe we can do a whole separate episode on this. I, I'm sure I know, you know, Keanu Reeves, there's like college classes devoted to his oeuvre and stuff like that. I would love to, to discuss the theory that there is a Keanu verse and that all of these movies, ha- like he is always Keanu moving through this. Like he oh is God. Constantine. He is, uh, wait, is it, is his name in matrix? Is he the Mr. Anderson? He's yeah, he's something Anderson and the Neo is his uh good lord. This guy has caused way too many nicknames for me already. (laughs) Um and uh 47 Ronin. 47 Ronin, I loved. Uh but that was a weird one. Anyway, underappreciated. Yeah. Um well that takes us to May 24th. The only live action Disney remake that I have ever been interested in comes out then. It's Aladdin, it's Guy Ritchie. Um, you know, Jesus. I Have you seen the trailers? Have you seen the trailers? No, but remember that I didn't know it was Guy Ritchie. I, I mean, what was that awful Arthur's King Arthur thing he did oh, the other year? Right, that was garbage. Oh, I forgot about that completely. Oh no! Oh my God! No, no, no! <laughs> the guy behind swept away with Madonna, King Arthur, <laughs> Legend of the Sword. By the way, I, but I, but yeah. hey, but also the director of The Man from Uncle. I, I did not see Holmes. that. Robert Downey Jr. I don't know. I, I like King, that. that King Arthur thing was a real steaming pile. It, he's one of those guys where um, like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels came out and, uh, you know, he had this great reputation for the English uh, Robert Rodriguez Tarantino kind of guy. Mm. And then I thought Snatch was God awful. Mm-hmm. And at least that's how I recall thinking of it. And I, so I, I, he's one that I'm always torn between is he really that good or is he just getting lucky? And it's, it seems to be a wild pendulum with him, you know, mm-hmm. because you're right. Like Sherlock Holmes, like perfect match of like story and his style. Yeah. And then King Arthur, 
utter shit. You know, <laughs> that could have been more the screenplay though than him. You know, at the end of the day, he could have just been like, "All right, whatever." I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could have been a paycheck. Um, yeah. I anyway. Uh, but this is Aladdin. But this is like it's going to have most of the same songs. You know, you got Will Smith doing his damnedest to be the genie. Oh, um, don't you know this? Don't don't judge the CGI until we see it in full. But I just yeah. I look at this. It's got sexy Jafar. That'll be interesting. Okay. Alan Tudyk is is voicing Iago. Um, you know, I just it looks big and colorful and interesting. And <laughs> honestly, until this moment, thought we were talking about the Lion King. Now oh. I remember the difference between Aladdin and the Lion King. Oh, that's coming too. We'll be, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, and, no. and just a point of clarification, Guy Ritchie wrote King Arthur. Oh Christ! Well, I take back, uh, I take that back up. that note. Well, that that's cool. So you're not looking forward to Dumbo, which reunites like the Batman cast with uh, Tim Burton, which yeah. is Michael uh, Keaton, Danny DeVito, Tim Burton. Uh, but you are looking forward to Aladdin. God, I didn't even think about that. Wow, yeah. you're right. Oh, I mean, I'll see Dumbo too at some point, probably on probably on VOD or you know something. But no, yeah. I, I, Aladdin looks like I'm I, I'm just pissed that they're not putting it out in November like hmm. they did all the animated classics. Like, because yeah. you know, if you want to really milk the nostalgia, put it out over Thanksgiving, like all the previous Disney yeah. animated classics were. It makes more sense. But whatever, Disney now owns all the movies, so they have to make room for Star Wars and everything else. Well, out. and they got Frozen two coming up. Oh God, yeah. colon. Uh, the revenge, <laughs> the frozening. I don't know what it's called. The well, here's, here's the here's the other thing coming out May twenty fourth, and this is this brings us firmly into uh, indie world because there's a little movie called Brightburn, which I have not heard much about at all until no, this me week. neither. Until you told me to watch the trailer. Go if you're listening to this. Pause. Go watch the trailer for Brightburn. Here's the pitch. Imagine the Superman origin story. There's a farm, some undis- you know, nondescript farm, probably in Kansas or somewhere. A, a spaceship crashes in. A child is found. This couple who hasn't had a kid raises the, you know, tries to raise the kid. And instead of becoming Superman, he goes the other way. And it basically becomes a horror movie. And I am so damn intrigued by this thing. It's got um, – it's got <laughs> – what the hell is his name from The Office? It's got Roy from the office as the dad and uh, Elizabeth. Uh, shoot, what's her name? Oh my God. Hang on. Oh, uh, Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Thank you. She's the mom. Um, yes. Avery what? Jessup from 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah, Matt Jones is in it too, which is interesting. He's also, he was an office alum. Um, but yeah, Avery, D- David Denham, uh, who's Roy from the office, he's he's in there. Yeah. So it's, it's got this interesting cast, but just watch the trailer. Like, I am so intrigued by this thing. And this is kind of where I am now in this stage of my life. Like, where I appreciate the Shazams of the world and the end games of the world. But these kind of movies, the Bright Burns, and yes, I'll even, I'll even name check the upcoming Joaquin Phoenix Joker, which you clearly have made it made it clear you don't want to see uh those two movies like the i'm actually really interested in those because it's like give me something that i have no idea like where we're going completely flip my expectations so that i surrender completely to the experience that's what i want and this this bright burn looks like the hidden gem of the summer hopefully and did you i'm sorry i was i was googling this so you may have just said this and i'm going to sound like an idiot for repeating it but uh also uh produced by the dunn brothers as in uh Ooh, yeah uh, uh james wait 
did I get that wrong? James, the Gun Brothers, right? Brothers. Yes. Yeah, James Gunn. James Gunn's yeah. brothers. Sorry, the star of this movie is named Jackson Dunn. That's why yeah. I just said that. Well, so um, the screenplay by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, and then James Gunn produced it with a couple other yeah. people. Oh, so. gotcha. They did the screenplay, and then he produced Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting because I just – and Sean Gunn is the actor who's in the Guardians movies. Yeah. Um uh i can't remember his name but i heard him interviewed you know one time where he talked about all of his brothers that were in in the movie business and uh i, I thought that was fascinating so yeah. yeah but you just i mean like look at the trailer like imagine you know in in uh man of steel like, when diane keaton's like you know like just breathe clark breathe and she's trying to calm him down what if she couldn't calm him down what would happen you know what yeah. sort of social pariah would this kid turn out what to be yeah like? what if superman were a psychopath <laughs> Yeah, and just and couldn't adjust to the the world that he found, like the alien world he found himself in. I am so on board for this thing. I, yeah. I hope it's good, but I'm you know I hope it's the ex machina of twenty nineteen. I'll just put it there. I thought this might have been the one you were talking about when you yeah. when you teased that earlier. Yeah. Then on uh, May thirty first, we've got uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I just at this point, yeah. who cares? Um, Rocket Man also comes out that day. That's what I put that in here. I'll be I'll be seeing Rocket Man for sure because the I'm in Elton the- John, uh, Kim Jong Un crossover <laughs> uh, biopic that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm in the bag for tearing uh, Egerton in all things. He plays Elton John. It looks like unbelievable. Oh, God, this casting. is really an Elton John story. I didn't even know. But I did see this uh, this preview, and I was th- I was blown away. I was like, uh, because Elton John is in Kingsman 2. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, this is fucking crazy. And, and if you he probably really- knew he was in this movie. Like, he'd already been cast for this. And I actually this, worked with Elton. No, no, no. I think this set the stage because Taron Egerton in the oh. movie, the animated movie Sing, um, his character sings the Elton John song, I'm Still Standing. So oh. you had that, you had Kingsman 2, and then I think, I forget, oh, I know what it was. They originally wanted to cast Tom Hardy as Elton John, and then that all fell apart. And then Taron Egerton stepped right into that perfectly, I think based on that, all that kind of history leading yeah. up to it. Nice. and. I am my wife and I are so in the bag for this movie. Like I it's yeah. gonna be amazing. So King of the Monsters, if you want, but Rocket Man on May 31st. Uh not a comic book movie by any stretch, but I don't care. I'm gonna mention it anyway. This takes us into June, Todd, and there are three, three or four um yeah. movies here. X-Men Dark Phoenix on June 7th. Now, so I you have you really made a hard pitch for the international trailer in an episode a few weeks ago. And I've, I've still not dug that out, but I mean, I really enjoyed the trailer I saw before Captain Marvel. Yeah. I am. So X-Men two remains one of my absolute favorite superhero movies of all time. Like I loved X-Men one, um, but X-Men two, even going back now, you rewatch that thing. It still holds up incredibly well. That ending, the ending sets up so much possibility with Gene that, I, you know, you get a movie that good and then X3 comes out and just yeah. tanks Delivers the whole on, thing, oh. tanks the whole thing. <laughs> and so I have been waiting, you know, and we, we got to the McAvoy uh, verse with, you know, these newer movies, which I've liked mostly. <laughs> the, the, only one, the McAverse. I, um, thank you. I, uh, I did not quite care for Age of Apocalypse. I thought that was oh, just that a, was a mess. giant turd. You know, I still went anyway. Um, but I, I, I'm looking at this one going, okay, yeah, Simon Kingbury is still involved. He's been, he was involved in the third one. So maybe there's some trepidation there. But I watch these trailers and I'm like, man, I, they may pull this off. They don't even have to do a comics accurate version of, yeah. 
of Dark Phoenix. I don't care about that. I just want a solid, good movie yeah. that really explores the character. The Jean Grey movie. Yeah. The Jean Grey movie. Yeah, I want it. I want a what X3 should have been, right? And if yeah. they can pull that off, I'll be so grateful. And this is basically the last uh, Fox era X-Men movie yeah. before Kevin Feige gets his hands all over that. So. I- I you think know. they have an opportunity to like this could be their end game kind of thing. Of, I like, hope so. Wrap hope so. up this, uh, this you know, wrap this cast, wrap this storyline. Like just just put the bow on it. And so I, I I'm hopeful that it is that movie that you know ends all this on the right note. And we're cool with it. We'll Not see. that it has to be a happy note, but it's yeah, just we'll like, see. If it doesn't, a week later we have Men in Black International, which. If you like Thor Ragnarok, you're going to love this. It's got Tessa Thompson. It's got uh, Hemsworth. And frankly, I, I'm... Isn't I'm, it the I, other Hemsworth? No, 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 no. It's it's Chris, not Liam. <laughs> Dirk Hemsworth or whatever his no, name is? No, not, not Dirk. I actually... No, I didn't really think about Hemsworth in it. I... Uh, that I, I still won't see it in the theater. I'm not... I don't... I'm not a big... As big of a fan of those two people as I am, I don't really care about minimum i'm just trepidatious because this gets into my whole like franchise fatigue thing yeah where it's like, do we need another one of these not really i would have rather seen honestly they, if they really want to you know make money off of tessa thompson and hemsworth write some a new original thing yeah. like you know make them a married couple in the suburbs somewhere and they have to deal with you know christoph waltz as their neighbor i don't know something <laughs> give, me, give me anything else i mean i get that it helps them sell better but Everything is franchise fatigue now. Give yeah. me something new well, with these characters. I feel like this is the 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 contrast to like the Hellboy thing, which is Hellboy is sort of a as fresh as it can be reimagining reimagining of that you know series. Yeah, and Men in Black is I don't know I haven't seen a lot about it, but it definitely feels like it's trying to pitch itself to like no 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 you liked the old ones you know. What if we like now you'll like this one? It's the same kind of thing. Oh, it's I don't the same know. continuity. Emma Thompson's in it. She's oh, the, it's the same she's still oh, in it as like the head because uh, she takes good. over in the third one. Um, uh. So yeah, she's still there. I just, I don't, I mean, I'm hoping because I just, I mean, if you loved Ragnarok and you love that chemistry, maybe yeah. they'll pull it off. I will see. Uh, June 21st, uh, we have two coming out that couldn't be more different. We've got Child's Play, which like, I'm not going to see. We need another Child's Play. I mean, is this in the, like, this is Chucky again? Yeah, Chucky. But here's the only interesting twist. Mark fuck? Hamill is voicing Chucky. That was just announced. Uh, so if you like, like Mark Hamill's voice acting, um, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued just by that fact alone. It's going to um, sound exactly like the Joker from that Batman animated series, isn't it? Maybe. I mean, probably. Mm. Uh, so mm. I'm not going to see it, but if you're interested in Mark Hamill taking a stab at Chucky, go see that. Otherwise, go see Toy Story 4. Which is... Again, why? What? Yeah, <laughs> this okay. is franchise fatigue for me. This is this. I will completely agree on this one. Toy Story 3 ended in the most perfect goddamn way possible, yeah. right? You're never going to top the scene. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. You're never going to top the scene in Toy Story 3 where they're all holding hands in the dumpster fire yeah. about to die. And, you know, obviously they don't, but like, that was the most emotional, like, oh my God, we've been with these characters this whole time. Like if, if that you're never going to top that. So and why bother? Why even I, try? I never saw the second one. Um, but I, I remember thinking like when the third one came out, like, wow, this is, you know, who asked for this? 
but I agree. Like I saw it and I was like, wow, that actually that, you know, I had the same feeling. And what I heard going in was like, there's this moment where literally everyone in the theater starts crying. Yeah. And I thought like, that's ridiculous. And then that dumpster thing happened. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be better. That was the most amazing coda yeah. to that series of stories. Yeah. Um, I, so I just, I don't, you know, yeah. whatever Pixar. I mean, we didn't need cars two or three or whatever the hell number they're on. Planes. There. I don't know what they're Planes, on. Planes. Yeah. yeah. Boats. <laughs> Boats five. Yeah. Planes, it's cars, like, and toys. You guess what? So there used to be a time when Disney did do, I mean, Aladdin. I mean, I always like the joke in, in Family Guy when they're like, Aladdin 5, Jafar needs new glasses. And it's just like Jafar in, a, in an optometrist office, you know, doing it. And they, Disney used to do that, but they used to do it for home video only. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, we're not going to be the original cast. <laughs> no, it's like we got somebody who kind of sounds like Robin Williams to do the genie. And it was very off-putting. And so the fact that they're like going, oh, no, no, we're, these are all big budget movies now i mean uh, maybe they'll pull it off i just i don't know why we need but also it's not for us you know i guess that's where yeah, it's it, true but um yeah it's I, what a waste of energy and like creativity i i'll be gladly proven wrong if somebody goes and sees it and goes no 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 dude this they do it they pull it off <laughs> fine fine but i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna be the one to figure that out somebody tell only me. if the bad toys win Ooh, there you go <laughs> and they kill the little boy <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it, it turns in, it turns into a child's play crossover, <laughs> where like the bad toys are like, "Hey, we have this new toy. His name's Chuck." Oh my god! In the Toy Story animation style, but Chucky. Can you I imagine? By the way, completely off the topic, but if they ever end Mission Impossible, that has always been my my hope is that Ethan Hunt finally just turns bad, and they've got to kill him. Like that's the <laughs> only way Mission Impossible can truly end in a way that makes sense anyway uh july 5th 4th of july weekend big weekend spider-man is coming back far yeah. from home if you can uh, get out of the house from watching stranger things that's gonna this- be the trick man i'm i am glad you said that because i wonder how much that's gonna impact that last the, uh, trailer oh my god oh jesus christ that last tra- if you have not seen the la- the most recent stranger things trailer stop everything Stop your car. Stop your, <laughs> if you're if you're working out in the, in the gym. Stop what you're doing. Pull up your phone and Google that stuff. It is the greatest trailer for anything I've ever seen. It's even greater than Game of Thrones. I just I oh, I yeah. watched yeah, that yeah, trailer yeah. and almost lost my mind. It was so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. Are, I mean, people are going to see Spider Man, obviously, but is that going to impact their weekend receipts at all? Well, it's going to be interesting. And I mean, like I thought the trailer for this was super fun. Uh, maybe if, have there been more than one trailer? I know I just saw one before Captain Marvel, but this is that thing that I wanted to put a pin in. Cause we'd come back to it is like, I, w- we mentioned it on the, on, in past episodes. Now we know Spider-Man's alive. Like they're literally, you know, <laughs> hyping the new movie with him. So we well, know and Amy Pascal, Amy Pascal has said this takes place right after in game continuity. So there's no yeah. mistake. This isn't a pre, there was a, well, maybe yeah. this is before. No, this happens exactly after. And I don't mind that it's after, but in that trailer, the theatrical trailer I saw, Nick Fury appears. And that's the part that that's the only part of this where I'm like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, let him evaporate. Yeah. Like, I don't, (laughs) he doesn't need to come back. Um, And that's the only thing that has me worried about this next phase of Marvel movies is they have a great opportunity to wipe the slate clean and establish like new heroes and a new tone. And all of that. And I'm just hoping that this doesn't become like 40 movies, uh, like all in continuity stuff. Oh, yeah. So that I, yeah. that's my only like, you know, 
caveat about it, but I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't keep me from going to see it. So, uh, yeah. Two I'm, biggest selling points for me, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Mysterio is my favorite Spider-Man villain. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you seen, by the way, Velvet Buzzsaw on Netflix? No, I haven't. It is a delightful little horror movie starring Jake oh. Gyllenhaal and some other folks you might recognize, Rene Russo. It's actually by the guy who did Nightcrawler, um, which is that creepy Jake Gyllenhaal movie where he goes around filming oh, yeah. disasters and stuff, and Rene Russo is in that. So this reunites that team. Wow. But it's just this fun little, you know, it's not the best movie in the world, but it's just a fun little indie auteur horror movie. And Jake Gyllenhaal just is having a lot of fun as this pretentious art critic and it's just i i'm like oh my god thank you jake gyllenhaal for making interesting choices again yeah. in your career so he is mysterio on the other honestly i said it when uh homecoming came out i am so invested in this zendaya um yeah. peter parker thing like they're dating in real life so that oh, really? chemistry yeah oh yeah tom <laughs> holland and zendaya have been dating for a while that Man. chemistry is going to carry over and honestly zendaya as mary jane or the mary jane character the mj character what an inspired choice. They seated her so perfectly in, into homecoming that it's going to be really fun to see them start to take advantage of that. Like just like Jean Grey and X-Men one and two, where it's just very slow, organic building of that character. They're doing that same thing with MJ in these movies. So I'm really curious to see how, how well they take that. Man, how what? far they take that. Yeah. I, hmm. What, what is it about that, that spider suit that, that, gets the ladies because uh didn't andrew what's his face and emma stone start dating during Spider-Man? yeah they did wow you're right um yeah uh anyway we also have uh now we're now we're uh, <laughs> on the next favorite movie i hope this one um uh, yeah this is like a francis ford coppola movie or something right the lion king no <laughs> if guy Ritchie's yeah. doing the last one this is like tarantino's lion king i wish sadly it's just a live action Lion King that has, you know, it's going to basically be a shot for shot remake of the animated movie. James Earl Jones is back as Mufasa. Oh, I did hear that. You know, yeah. when we talk about why do we need this, this is probably top of the list for me. You know, we've got oh. this, the Broadway. You know, we, got, we got one coming. That's going to top it. I'm sure. All right. The, st- the You know, the Broadway stage play really did something new and unique with the Broadway. Right. That was amazing. And if they could find something new here, but like, just because Idris Elba is Scar, it, 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 that's fine. I mean, great casting, but I, we saw this already. We don't need another one of these unless you're going to do something totally is, different. Is this all because the Jungle Book, the Favreau Jungle Book worked so well? Is that it's what's that, led us to this? It's that, but it's also Disney trying to reinforce their trademarks and copyrights. Oh, that's okay. really what this is. Because yeah. every time they do a new iteration, it just pushes that extension further and further into the future. So, you know, in some ways, me wanting to go to Aladdin is, is only enabling them to continue to do these kinds of crazy things. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, there's that. And then more so, probably the one movie in July that I'm really looking forward to is the uh, release of Tarantino's newest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that's Not a comics movie, but kind of is. I mean, this I look at the trailer for this, and this also looks just like a really killer indie graphic novel that I would love. So I'm all on board for this one. This is one where, um, uh, cause what we, when you and I talked about this episode before you told me specifically to watch Brightburn and I told you like, I'm not going to watch anything else that I'm not familiar with. And I didn't even realize this was the Tarantino movie yeah. or that it was coming out that early. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't care about him anymore. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so yeah. 
for political reasons, for no, aesthetic no, no. Just reasons. Like I just aesthetic reasons. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm I'm one of those people who like I'm a late Tarantino fan. Like anything after mm. Kill Bill 2, I'm a, I'm I love. I'm yeah, I, I feel like you got this great insurgence after Inglorious Bastards. Like like a, a whole new audience came on and that and Death Proof. I was like, nope, done with you. I forgot he did so. Death Proof. That was more of a side project, though. Really, wasn't yeah. It? I I could never. I never sat through all of Kill Bill either. I just oh, he just, Kill he Bill like, too. That's one of my favorite movies. Owner for gore, and I don't. And I just was like, yeah, whatever. Fair enough. I still think Jackie Brown is like a, a fantastic movie. That's and, the one I don't like. <laughs> oh my god, you got to watch it with Steven Soderbergh's. Uh, uh, oh shit, what's the one that's like an unintentional uh, prequel to it? Um, Out of sight. With George oh. Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, Michael Keaton. So those were both Elmore Leonard books, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Keaton plays the same character in each movie. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Like Ooh, Tarantino decided to keep it in the world. Wow. Like because in the books it's the same character, so he was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to cast whatever his name is, Roy or something." Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't realize Michael Keaton was even in Jackie Brown. I, I love both of the. Yeah, he's the like, uh, he's the like FBI or DEA guy or whatever that busts her at the airport and goes through a bag and. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but it, it, he's a much bigger role in Out of Sight, and yeah, I, okay. not that that's what makes Jackie Brown good. I think they're both independently good, but sorry, I've rambled too much about those. No, that's all right. Well, that comes out July 26th. On August 2nd is a movie that I'm sure you would probably be interested in. <laughs> Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, forget Tarantino. <laughs> this is the movie. This is the movie that um, Vin Diesel is so pissed about because The Rock has just sort of slid into this franchise and is basically owning it now too. So and- do, you know, <laughs> do you know the story about? So at the end of Fast and Furious 8, there was a post-credits scene of Hobbs and Shaw uh previewing this. Oh really? Oh so and they had it planned even that far back. It made it to the theaters and then Vin Diesel made them cut it and oh. reissued new prints to the theaters that had gotten it. Oh boo. What a turd. Like this is the most hilarious battles of the egos in these movies. Like both he and The Rock and I think uh a couple of the other ones have contracts where they can never lose in a fight to the other one so that's why when the rock and vin diesel fight it's always like a double knockout or something oh sure or it's uh, to- so i as a a recent convert to these movies um i i will absolutely see this i think they're so fun to see in the theater you are guaranteed like this is going to be the most hilarious over-the-top action stuff um but the story thing is so i just can't get past like Oh, okay. So the good guy cop and this horrible assassin are now like buddies, you know? Um, so it's a little weird. Well, but. they're frenemies. I mean, like it's, it's got Idris Elba again as basically taking the super soldier serum and yeah. running around. I mean, like you nailed it. Like I was, yeah, I that was wasn't so, me. That's right from how did this get made? That's, I know, but, yeah. I, I, but I was so baffled by these movies, but you, you clarified it by saying, look, no, these are basically superhero movies or comics movies in disguise. And where they don't have powers that they don't have powers, but now yeah. they do. I mean, now they basically yeah. have powers too. So it's just like, Oh, sh- now we're, now they're just yeah. full on. Like, so I'm actually, what, what is, what they're trying to do is make Hobbs and Shaw its own thing. So yeah. my guess is if this does well, the next one won't even have fast and furious in the title. It'll just be yeah. Hobbs and Shaw the next, you know, the next I, one or whatever. Yeah, it is. I actually thought that was going to happen on this one. So I'm maybe that I wonder if that's a Vin Diesel thing too, if he's got some ownership in the franchise and is insisting on it or something, but interesting. Yeah. And, and also that, that powers line that that actually that straight up came from how did this get made? They're the ones who observed these are superhero movies where they, they're not actually 
it's super. It's a pretty insightful. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, when it, whenever it's like in six or I think it's in six where Vin Diesel literally like flies through the air and catches <laughs> uh, what's her name? Michelle Rodriguez in yeah. the air. Yeah. And then they like he jumps over a highway. He jumps out of his car, which is in the air, catches her. And then they land on another car. Uh-huh. And it's like the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. And <laughs> But I mean, come on, this movie, it's like, it's got Gal Gadot and <laughs> yeah, uh, it's got it's a character named Han Solo. And <laughs> I, I, may, I may go see this. If I'm, if I'm sitting there on August 2nd going, man, I still haven't seen a really fun movie yet. I'll, this will be on my list. I'll, I'll share the other advice that almost ever like storm of spoilers gave this advice and how this may give this advice. Forget about the first four movies. If you're interested in fast and furious, there's nothing that happens in those first four movies that you need to know to go into the fifth movie. And I think they even do a recap scene at the beginning of the fifth movie. And so you might as well just like start with five. And after that, they're all golden. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good context. And there are some people who will still go, no, I have to be a completist. I have to watch the first one. Don't do that. I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, I mean, do you need to see Tokyo Drift to make all this make sense? Probably not. So I will actually be more confusing because Han will die in that. And then you'll be like, well, I he's in the next three movies. What's going on? Because they retconned his existence uh, so that Tokyo Drift actually happens between movies six and seven. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. Wow. Because well, his, his Han's death, Jason Statham kills him like that in the retcon. Mm-hmm. So man it's great was jason statham the actual villain in a previous movie yes yes okay so they were he was they were going after him so at some point idris elba will probably be one of the team and you know, <laughs> we'll just go just keep adding they're borg they just assimilate like everyone just eventually becomes yeah that's kind of fun. <laughs> all your fast and furious are belong to us uh, um, uh, well yeah, god yeah. bless the rock for you know uh, by the way speaking of the rock i have a pitch for you I was watching on Amazon Prime the other night uh, the uh, the uh, HD version of The Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. 80s movie. I and I was sitting there going, this. yeah, I, I, every once in a while, like about every 10 years, it, it either comes on TV or in this case, I find it. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it, it has its charm, its charming moments. I want to see a reboot of The Running Man with The Rock as the um, uh, uh, Ben Richards character, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. And Robert Downey Jr. as the game show host producer that the guy from Family Feud played in the original That's movie. I yeah, uh, as um, yeah, man, you know it would end up being like Colin Farrell or something. <laughs> it can't be. No, no, no. You watch that movie, you're like, shit. Robert Downey Jr. could crush this game show, like this shady it's, game show guys. Role. I, like this could be amazing. I, I, nobody. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Like, there's this. There, every generation past ours, ours does not understand how amazing it is that Wink Martindale is like the evil version of himself. Like everything in that movie, I'm sorry, I could go, I could go on and on. Not about Wink this. Martindale. No, no, no. It's, oh, wait, um, not Wink Martindale. it's, uh, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, God, I'm looking it up right now. Where is it? Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Who's yeah. Wink Martindale? Wink Martindale is another game show host. He hosted yeah, yeah. other things at the time, but yeah, Dawson. Richard Dawson hosted family feud and you're right. He literally family places feud, yeah, yeah. A, right. a evil version of what he is in the real life. And you know what? He's a pretty good actor. Oh, you yeah. watch him in that movie, you're like, damn, this guy's good. But, like he's a game show host, but he's actually got some scenes where he, you know, he takes his time and he finds all his, the mannerisms are the same. Yeah, like he, yeah. I, he has this really 
uh, uh, you know, like unique way of like when he would hold the cards and his pinky was always sticking out and had this huge ring on it. And that's yeah. exactly what's happening with Running Man. And you're like, oh my God, this guy was a sociopath. <laughs> two, two more quick facts about Running Man. Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac is in it playing a character called Mick. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> and, and if you want to laugh as hard as you've laughed all week, go Google Jesse Ventura, comma, oh, Captain Freedom God. workout scene and just watch the – so Jesse Ventura plays one of the um, one of the retired stalker characters yeah. in it, which I'm sure the producer's like, let's reunite the cast of Predator somehow. And so Jesse Ventura is in it as like, and he's like a retired stalker, but they make him like, you know, he's kind of like a color commentator now and he's all pissed about it. And he can't get get called off the bench to like, they call him in when the other ones fail. They do, but then he, he, they make him wear this ridiculous costume. And he's like, I don't want any part of this. I used to have integrity, damn it. And he walks off. So they, they take old footage of him to try to recreate like the fact that, that Ben Richards dies by his hand. But all of this is, is 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 beyond the fact that in the beginning of the movie, like in the first 20 minutes, uh, Schwarzenegger breaks into the female character's apartment and she's oh. watching like this workout video hosted hey. by Captain Freedom, which is the Jesse Ventura character. It is the it is the greatest like cut scene I have ever like I wish yeah. that in the like DVD extras they had sh- like they'd filmed like an entire workout routine because it's so like he literally looks at his muscles and goes yeah and he's like it's so over the top and amazing that it I mean we'll never see anything like that again in movies it's just so- and, 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 and especially the sort of like uh retro <laughs> like irony or just whatever it is, satire, or you know, it's like now watching it, like, oh, this yeah. is the guy that eventually became a governor, and a then, governor, like, yeah, with a, playing opposite another governor, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> now he's like this crazy conspiracy theorist, Ventura, that is, yeah, and yeah, it just like, what the fuck, man, it's it's a trip to rewatch that movie. I watched that and the original Total Recall recently. They're both kind of of the same. They feel kind of yeah. like by the same production company. Like they, there's a sort of zaniness yeah. to them both. That's like kind of fun to just re, you know. So anyway, Running Man reboot coming to theaters soon. Yeah. Hopefully, Not actually. Rock and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, and and Dave Bautista could play like the uh, the Captain Freedom character, or like you know the aged guy who's been. I was, you know, taken I was just about to ask that. I don't. Dave Bautista is not. Well, I mean, he'd be good at it, but. You know, in like 30 years, is he going to be as ridiculous as Jesse Ventura is now? No, um, no one's going to be as ridiculous as that. Come on. I know. Kidding? I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if someone else could do it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. That's moving not on. actually happening. And so almost, another movie we don't know is actually happening or not. <laughs> yeah, great transition. So also on August 2nd, I don't know if this is still happening because there has been a lot of talk about them still doing reshoots and maybe this movie will be canceled entirely. It's the new mutants movie, which um, Maisie Williams of game of Thrones is in it. And it's supposedly the trailers that have been shown to date have been pretty interesting and compelling. It's like a a X-Men movie as a horror movie, essentially, but no one knows if this is coming out. Like nobody knows that this is really happening. Yeah. Have you heard anything? I mean, I no, I, no, exactly. I mean, that, my whole transition was based on I don't even know. I don't know either. Um, but the the cast was ridiculous. Um, Antonio Banderas is in it. Oh, that's um, right. 
Anya Taylor-Joy, who is in this movie called Thoroughbreds that I've talked about before, which I really enjoyed. She's playing Magic, which I think is like the most ideal casting I've ever heard of. Mm. Um, I don't even know who Maisie's character is, this this Ron or Rain. She is Wolfstein. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I'm I'm just like you. I, it's on, it's off, it's on. Because I think it was actually supposed to come out last year. Isn't that what happened? And then they then they punted to like spring of this year and then they punted again and i'm seeing the same thing you're seeing which is august 2nd but who knows maybe maybe not we'll see well uh august 9th is the film adaptation of the book artemis fowl i haven't read the book i know so little about any of it it looks like it might be interesting i don't know Uh, yeah so if you're a fan of artemis fowl i guess go see that on August 9th also uh, is another book adaptation, which I'm very interested in. Guillermo del Toro gives us scary stories to tell in the dark. If you're not, um, you may have been a little too old for this, Todd, but back in the day yeah. at the grade school book fairs, you would see this, this just, you know, I have, I'm looking at it on my shelf right now. It's a kid's book, but it's got the most effed up drawings and illustrations ever. Like, that will haunt you to your core in this kid's book. And so like, there are these little like vignette stories that just have these, you know, by all accounts, if you just read them, they're a little, you know, they're a little creepy, but then you see these drawings that just, you can't shake. And I don't know what they were thinking, but Guillermo del Toro is making it a movie. So, and I know you've, you've talked about that before and I can't remember the context, but um, that, yeah, I didn't know what this title was, but that, uh, yeah, you brought it all back home to me, which that'll be, why that's not coming out in October, I don't understand. Like, that's a Halloween movie if there ever was one, but whatever. I like how when Reindeer Games came out in February. Oh, God. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that you put this last movie on the list because there's no way to deflate the <laughs> yeah. optimism and hope and anticipation for summer movies than with the totally WTF title <laughs> Yeah, this last movie. Yeah, August 16th. The end of the summer movie season is capped off by Playmobil the movie. That's right. Fans of the original toy line, the Playmobil toys, they get they're just like Lego. Apparently Playmobil is like, we want some of that money too. And so we're going to make a a stop motion animation movie of the Playmobil toys. What? I I didn't even know this was a thing until I was going through our list. I was going through the uh, summer movie schedule, just picking off uh, the ones we've talked about. And I saw this at the end. I was like, this can't be real. And I looked and there was a trailer and everything. And I was just like, how the hell is this possible? Why is this being put out? And I guess it's just, I mean, my assumption is just what I said. Playmobil just is like, yeah, we're going to, we want some of that Lego movie money. And uh, yeah. I'm, uh, Already calling bull. Oh my god, Anya Taylor Joy is in this one as well. What the hell? And Daniel Radcliffe, Adam Lambert, Megan Trainer, Jim Gaffigan. What's going on? This is this is terrible. Um, I, I'm already calling bullshit on this because I'm looking at a, a single frame of Playmobil the movie where a character's legs are at different angles. <laughs> well, I'm watching the trailer as we speak. It looks like it's a real thing. But how can and- they walk? Playmobil figures could only sit down or stand up, like their legs. <laughs> They were attached. They didn't, I mean, they, they moved at the same angle. (laughs) Well, so far in the trailer, I haven't seen any of them walk. They're all, they're all sitting or they're standing talking. Oh no, here we go. Somebody just walked. So there we go. So yeah, I just, I mean, it, it's so obvious. They're trying to just basically recreate the magic of the Lego movie. And you know, Playmobil had its 
loyal, small little base, but I mean, are you going to spend movie? I mean, apparently animation is cheap enough now where just anything can happen and just like, let's roll the dice and see. Um, oh but why, I mean, why not hedge your bets and just sell this to Hulu or, you know, now, Amazon prime or something or any of those. Yeah. Google tells me that people who search for this also searched for this other film I'm going to mention, which didn't, we didn't put on our list by some horrible oversight. Uh, which is just as WTF, which is there's an ugly dolls movie. Oh, I didn't like, even bother putting that uh, on animals. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Jonas, Emma Roberts, Kelly Clarkson, oh Charlie XDX. What is this <laughs> cast? Produced by Robert Rodriguez. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Robert's my boy. How the hell did he get involved with that? That's I, the spy kids have gone to his head. I guess. He's, oh that's all God. He's, I mean, unless his response is look, man, I made it on my iPad on the flight to, to Berlin last summer. Then I'd be like, okay, great. You had something to, you needed something to do. Okay. And then you just like, Hey, I've got this movie. I need some voices. Um, who's free on a weekend. Just come to my house. And we'll, I mean, if that was the case, more power to him. Yeah. How do, how do we get in on this lucrative voice acting business? Because I, I, I mean, I would do, you know, I would love to. I, I would just do voices for terrible movies all day and all night. If it Let's all remember TJ Miller was the star of the emoji movie from last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, that I, was both yeah. a thing and he was in it. So I always, I always like thinking of, I know this isn't the case, but I always like thinking of it like he left the successful Silicon Valley to do the emoji movie <laughs> in the, in the same like sort of Shelley long, like I'm going to Hollywood kind oh of move. God, that's know. right. She I have, I have left cheers to star in Beverly Troop Beverly Hills. Wow, that you know what? That is a prescient comparison. <laughs> that I never thought about that, but that is damn. Because he I was did. I remember reading, I remember reading when he left Silicon Valley, all those like interviews he did, and he was very specific to say, Look, I'm not talking about Silicon Valley anymore. That's in the past. What's in the future is my new career, the emoji movie, and my part in Ready Player One, where I got to work with Steven Spielberg. I'm like, yeah. but you were you were only your voice was heard like, and it wasn't even that good a, a movie. And wh what, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, that kind of wraps up our summer preview. We did this in at least double the time that we thought it would take, but that's because I, I appreciate that we had so many weird rabbit holes that we fell down. I, yeah. We're not know. even going to start talking about fall. We'll do another episode later in the summer to talk about the yeah. fall, which actually looks more promising than a lot of the summer stuff. Um, I just, I'm, you know, if I guess let's to, to recap, what is, if you could pick your favorite, what's the one movie on this list that you're most excited to see? Oh man, that is a cheap shot. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'll do it too. I just want to hear you like, and it doesn't even have to be like, no, Oh, I, I know this would be the best one. Like, what's the one that you're like, man, if I had to just pick one to see and only one, which one would it be? Well, I'll even take Endgame off the table. I'll, okay. I'll take, take that it, off. I was going to say, take it off. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a given. I, I I feel like these are all on the same. I'm totally uh, trying to work away around that question. Uh, I feel like these are all at the same level. So it could be any one of Shazam, Hellboy, Hobbs and Shaw, mm. or Spider-Man. Okay. You know, if if only one of those I could see in a theater and the other three I had to see at home, That'd be okay. I think I think Spider Man will be a better quality movie. Shazam, I think, is going to be good, but I just have nothing to judge that on. Um, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. That's a that's. A, I mean, I appreciate the theater experience, but I understand if anyone else skipped that and watched it at home. 
My um, answer, of course, is obvious. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Is yeah. A movie. <laughs> well, I was sure you would say Brightburn. <laughs> no, no, Brightburn. I mean, I'll. Here's the thing, Brightburn. If I miss it in theaters, I'm absolutely going to rent that thing because that right. looks like a small little intimate movie that I can watch either way. I think if only one, if I could only pick one by sh- by by historical context and sheer curiosity, Dark Phoenix is probably my choice. Oh, where, interesting. Because I'm like, okay. if I. I have been wanting that to work since 2003, since that abortion of a movie X3 came out. I'm sorry, that was 2006. 2003 was yeah. X2. Um, really, you're really hard on this movie that was directed by the legendary director of all of Mariah Carey's videos. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, let's just re, let me just re, real quick remember remember the context of X3. Brian Singer, who you know now disgraced Brian Singer, but at the time beloved Hollywood director Brian Singer, who shepherded the first two movies to critical and and commercial acclaim, decided to leave the X Men franchise to direct Superman Returns or whatever the hell that that Brandon Roth Superman movie was, which nobody wanted, and then in turn left Brett Ratner to pick up the reins on X Three, which nobody wanted. So Brian Singer really shot everybody in the foot and himself in the foot and us in the foot. And just, I mean, he ruined so many, so many people's lives that, that, yeah. that decision. not even in the movies. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, it was, what a weird time when, when we, we saw those two movies and we went, huh, I didn't expect the new Superman to be light years better than the new X-Men. Yeah. And still pretty bad. You know, it's like, ugh. I mean, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Remember this? So <laughs> we all know where Brian Singer is now in terms of uh, you know his reputation and, and accusations and all that. Remember who he directed in Superman Returns? Was it Superman Returns? What was the name of that movie? I do was think it's Super- Returns. Brian Singer, Superman Returns, yeah. yeah. Um, so in Superman Returns, he directed Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Just let that sink in for a second. Man, I'll tell you what, though. I'm glad Brandon Ruth, who or Ralph or whatever his name is, was such a like he's he was so charming in that movie and did a great Christopher Reeve impression. Um, And uh, I'm glad he landed firmly in the DC universe. So, you know, God bless that guy. He 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 seems to be almost kind of like Keanu Reeves to take it full circle. He seems to kind of have just he seems to sort of know his place in the world. He doesn't you know, he's just like, whatever, man, I'm working. I'm having fun. I you know, I love that experience, but I'm loving being on a CW show, too. And he's doing great. You know, he's I love that character. So I more power to him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cool. There's a, by the way, by the way, by the way, <laughs> last little, last little nugget. There's, there's a, like an insider secret, which is whenever we run over on time, we really run over. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. If you're still listening, God bless you as well, but you're, you'll be rewarded. There's a, I want you to Google. There's a thing. I forget what it's called. It's like all the old Superman who aren't, um, you know, who aren't like the big ones, like not, um, who's our most recent Superman. Oh God. What's his name? Uh, uh, <laughs> Henry Cavill. Cavill, thank you, Jesus. I was going to say Bill. uncle. It's, yeah. No, it's not Henry Cavill, but it's like um, Tim Daly, who voiced Superman in the animated series. It's uh, Brandon Routh. I think there's Dean like Kane. a video from Dean Cain in there. And what it is, it's uh, Tim Daly's son is actually voicing Superman now in like new DC animated stuff. So it's this weird like you know club of Superman actors getting together. And it's it's really like... You know, they're all making fun of each other and the fact that they're, you know, 
nobody remembers that they were Superman, but like it's these guys, mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. And Brandon Routh has got a, a pretty good uh role in that little it's like a little YouTube clip. Um like a sketch thing. I forget even who put it on. It might have been like a James Corden thing or something, but it's oh. pretty it's pretty fun. Anyway, Todd, where can folks find this podcast Ooh. and others like we, it? We are uh panelism.inc on Instagram. Uh, and we are also panelism.inc in a web browser. And you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere wonderful podcasts are listened to and subscribed to. But you can find all those links at panelism.inc.